Hey guys, and welcome to the SKS podcast where working actors talk. Each episode, we sit down with different industry professionals who share their experiences, provide advice, and just talk about issues that are relevant today. This week, our studio director, Colleen Foy, chats with the incomparable Adam Seckman. Adam tells us how a family trip to Moscow landed him his first job in television, how he turned a three-episode arc into a series regular on a major hit TV show, how he handles disappointment in the industry, and his feelings on saying no to jobs. He is charming, insightful, witty, and just so real. So without further ado, I give you Adam Seckman. Hi, Adam. Hi, Colleen. Um, That's smarmy and hi, Colleen. (laughs) It's suddenly very official. Adam, Adam, good afternoon. Welcome, welcome. Yes, good good afternoon, afternoon, Miss Foy. Great to have you here. (laughs) How did you come to SKS, and um, what what is like your greatest takeaway from this kind of training? Stan was recommended by my agent. I'm pretty sure that's how. Uh. I think that must have been how because I didn't take class anywhere else in LA only there my biggest takeaway community for sure like mm. just really amazing friends that are still great friends today that I met there uh and that is like kind of crucial in this city it's a ha- really hard city to build a community um it's a very you know everyone's very everyone's stuck in their cars like the fact that you can have people who are um working on the same kind of things and now even more so like friends who you can run auditions with who you can like go and tape with who you can uh you know like just who are dealing with the same stuff you're dealing with is really useful and beneficial and um and i think like the technique stuff was definitely like you know even like if I think about my like theater degree like the technique stuff is like I I can't even talk about it but it's like in there I just don't Mm -hmm. know like I can't parse out exactly like what it is um because so much is instinctual and then it gets mixed with the technique and then it just becomes then that becomes instinctual but yeah I think that the community is my is my lasting takeaway Mm. Like you, Colleen. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I so agree. I think like my closest friends are people I've met through the studio. Um, And I came here just myself, drove my little car out. Um, uh, So to be able to have people and have people who I respect and love. And I learned so much from watching other people. I think one of them, I think the moment I laughed hardest ever in class is when you were doing a scene and it was from this show called Selfie with John Cho and Karen um, Gillen. Oh um, yeah. And uh, it was a scene, it was like maybe- a I remember the show. Day. I do not remember the scene. Oh, Adam. It was, I was- cracking up laughing at you and I was really like oh my god I'm gonna hyperventilate or I'm gonna pee my pants one of those things is gonna happen here um luckily neither did but you you start the scene by saying like Friday night turn down for what 
And um, you talk about, and he talks about going home and making a salad with garbanzo beans. And your button was bonza, 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 bonza. And you like moonwalked out of the room. Bonza, bonza, bonza. <laughs> bonza, 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 bonza. Um, but I think sometimes like the, po the point of you doing that scene was maybe not for you to remember it, but for me to go, look at that bold freaking choice. That's maybe why it resonated so much with me because I really Interesting. do. I learned yeah. a lot from watching other people, um, which is why it's good me to too. have yes. really dedicated, focused, um, ethical people in class. Um, uh, but I, I will never, ever forget that scene and what you did. It was um, incredible, really incredible. So yeah, the technique and the community and it's all wow, sort of thank you. the same. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so <laughs> freaking funny. Adam, can you give us a little bit of your origin story? Like all the steps that got you here today. Um, when did you decide to study acting? Uh, when did you move to LA? I, I took acting, you know, I guess I was doing acting a little bit in high school, but not really, wasn't really focused on it. Then I went to university, did not study acting. I studied finance, hopes and dreams to be an investment banker, but not really. It was just kind of like in the culture of the school I went to. Mm -hmm. uh, but while I was there, I started doing extracurricular uh, theater, you know, like student theater groups. And I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, mm -hmm. why, why when I'm on stage, do I not feel sick or fatigued or if I have a headache, it goes away. Or if I feel any negative, like physical manifestation that is happening in my body just would disappear on stage. It's like an incredible, I don't know, aphrodisiac, but not really an aphrodisiac, like a body aphrodisiac, just like <laughs> everything's gone. And uh, so I sort of uh, fell for the craft while I was uh, in undergrad and I had a job offer to do investment banking for the great storied investment banking firm Lehman Brothers, who don't exist anymore, right? Uh, probably because they wanted to hire people like me. But I, but <laughs> I... Uh, and I remember it was in LA and I had at that time already decided I wanted to be an actor and friends were like, oh, that's great, go to LA. You can be an investment banker and then you could do acting on the side. And I was like, I think that's not, I think investment bankers work like 80 to hundred hours a week. There's no, you know, like you're lucky if you could take a shower on the side, let alone like pursue a different career parallelly to it. Uh, so, so I didn't, I didn't do that. And then I uh, went back home to Toronto where my family is. And, and I was like, I gotta get headshots and like, uh, mm -hmm. uh, like try to get into student films or shorts or whatever. Um, and, and then realized I didn't know what I was doing. So then I started applying to theater school and I went to grad school for theater. Ooh. To obtain a master's of fine Ooh. arts, Colleen, yes, <laughs> yes, uh, which brought me to New York. So I lived in New York for three years, uh, went to Columbia, and it was fantastic uh, experience. It was not at all, um, they did not train you for the business at all. There was like almost my biggest i had an amazing time and i thought it was a really useful uh pursuit to get that degree but columbia has the best one of the best film schools in the u.s mm. and the uh faculty were 
actively dissuading the theater actors and the film directors from working together. So we did not know them. We did not work with them. We did not build any relationships with them. Uh, the, you know, the theater department and film department were like, do not, do not work together. Wow. These are different crafts. These are different, you know, uh, you know, which I, today I'm like, this is insane because the business is so much about personal relationships. It's, mm-hmm. I think more important than anything else, mm-hmm. maybe ability number one, maybe, but, <laughs> but it's just, it's, you know, there's, it's a business that is inherently subjective and filled with a lot of people who are unreliable and you know when you find someone that is good and like normal and you want to spend time with them because the the hours are very intense you tend to go that direction so getting to know people is important yeah absolutely so uh yeah and then after that i i remember i wanted to stay in new york and it was my dad who's like why are you be in new york well what's in new york hollywood is in la you go to la i was like i don't know i don't know anybody and and the, the at the end of the program anytime we would do like a showcase or meet with anybody in the business it was like do not move to la you only go to la when la calls you otherwise you stay in new york now I'm like, LA is not call. Nobody's calling anybody in this. Like, <laughs> if you want someone to call you, you have to fucking pick up their phone, dial your own number to get them to call you. Like you have to bang down the door. There's no, no one cares about you and your thing. You have to push it. You have to be aggressive. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I came here. No one else in my class at the time moved to LA, uh, which was daunting. But you know, ultimately, the weather's nice. So, what's the what's the worry? Well, your dad is a business of acting genius. Yes. For pushing you. Um, yeah. That. So this has been kind of a recurring theme when I'm talking to people uh, because it's my story as well is that I was trained well in the old acting skill, but I had zero business skills and I get frustrated. I get really frustrated that they didn't incorporate that at all. Um, but how did you start learning these things? Like how to get at representation? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, not easy. Well, the representation thing was weirdly not that hard. At, first of all, it was very hard from school. We had showcases in New York and LA. I got not a single agent or manager who wanted to meet with me, nobody. But I had in my in my the summer before the last year of school, I had gone with my family on a on a family trip to Moscow. And a, a family friend of my dad's had told us that he's friends with producers who are doing this show and they need an American. And I was like, so are you saying like, I can meet, I can, yeah. He's like, yeah, meet me with them. So I, I met with these producers and they wanted me to like audition. And I remember the director of the show walked in and he heard that there was an American coming, but he was so, he was like, and he thought I didn't speak any Russian and I can speak Russian, not like super perfect, but I can speak Russian. And he came in and he's like, he's like, why are we wasting our fucking time? Who is this guy? What do we, why am I here? What is this? And I like, I understood and I was like, hi, hello. And, uh, 
And so I auditioned and got the job on this show, which was uh, a Russian prison drama mm. that aired nightly like a soap opera schedule, but like nightly at 8 p.m. So it was like every Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. So they shot an episode a day. It was like super intense. At the end of the day, the actors would get in line at the producer's door. He would just like pay them cash. They would go home. And, and what was fascinating <laughs> was the majority, not the majority, a good, probably half of the actors were also theater actors that were part of repertory theater companies mm -hmm. and the show would never hold them past 6 p.m. Like in Russia, the idea that a TV show would upend the theater, it would be, was like incomprehensible. So they would never even consider stopping someone from going and performing. So a lot of these actors were working all day on a TV show and at night they were on stage. It's pretty wow. amazing. Um, what was the point? Oh, the point is, sorry. So anyway, <laughs> the show, the show was on, uh, I have a couple of good stories about that show. It became a huge hit in Russia. Wow. Uh, the authorities did not like the show because it, it portrayed, uh, like the prison industrial complex as very corrupt. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, the, the government owned the network and moved the show from like Monday through Friday, 8 PM to Sunday, two shows a week at like 11.30 p.m. and midnight and 12.30, whatever. And there was like an incident in a prison outside of Moscow where 20 inmates cut themselves in protest for not being able to watch the show because it was like after <laughs> lights out. <laughs> so this was, anyway, the show then gets nominated <laughs> for, for a TV festival in Monte Carlo that Ooh. I went to. And in Monte Carlo, this festival, this Monte Carlo TV festival was like a springboard for Hollywood, for LA shows to do press to like unveil their shows for the European audience. Mm -hmm. So they had, so I met a publicist there, this great guy, his name's Charles Sherman, who, who then befriend, you know, Charles? I know Charles Sherman. <laughs> Holy moly, worlds colliding. Yes, I employed oh, him funny. as my publicist for a minute. Yes. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so I did too for like when I first came here. And he connected me with my first agent here, who is a woman by the name of Marsha Hervey. Sadly, is no longer alive, but she was an amazing person. And, uh, and anyway, that was a really long-winded uh, wow. story about that I, I every time I tell the story about this show it makes me want to tell one story about this show which Please. is gonna kind of blow your mind so the show is a prison drama I'm an American who's an artist who gets thrown in prison for raping a Russian girl but it's all bullshit it's like her and her family doing it so that I would pay my way out and the prison guards and the family would share the profits from the rich mm. American who would pay his way to get out so anyway I'm in a cell and I'm in a cell with this old guy who's like a career criminal okay and in the storyline, he's he's dying, okay? And he, but he wants a priest to come to the cell so he could uh, he could um, confess his sins before he dies, so he could be what's the word like freed of his oh um like reconciliation yeah sure. reconciliation I don't know yeah something like yeah you confess before you die so that you're free of of the burden of your sins okay so. Yeah. 
in that's in the show right and he and he asks the prison guards and they're like no fucking way you're you're like a criminal you're gonna kill the priest or whatever no <laughs> so so it's the end of the day that shooting day and it's just me and him and the scene is him saying to me like it's okay i i'm okay not having to reveal my my sins to a priest i'm ready to die I'm okay with it. And I remember like, he was so good that I was not even, I was not even in the scene. I was like, literally like eating popcorn, like watching this actor. <laughs> and the whole time I was like, oh my God, he's so good right now. Holy shit. Like, I'm ready to die. I'm, you know, like, and we finished the scene, the day ended. And then the actor on the way home died. Whoa. Crazy. Crazy. That is so crazy. Yes. Unbelievable. What's your interpretation of that? Was he like channeling from uh, higher? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm a very like a logical brained individual. I don't necessarily believe in all the mumbo jumbo, but I also know that we don't know shit about anything. So like, who knows? But I, I just like in the idea of like life imitates art, you know, maybe he channeled something. Maybe he himself was ready to move on. I I, I don't know. But it it was, I, I just like, when I got the call the next day, I just thought about like the last thing we did and, and how amazing he was. And like, you know, it made me think like, I never want to be that good of an actor if that's the result of it, you know? Like, <laughs> know. Oh my gosh. The heavens were like, ooh, I mean, we're never going to get a better take than that. Let's just take him out tonight. Let's just take him out <laughs> yeah. on the way home. Whoa, that's a good story. Crazy. That yeah. is so crazy. I love hearing everyone's story of how they got their first agent or their first credit um, because it really, really brings home the idea that there's no one right way to do this business. Nothing totally. is linear. This is not a two plus two equals four business. Um, not at all. Uh, but this is, that's a unique, st- that I've never heard that one. Um, <laughs> go on a family vacay to Moscow. Um, <laughs> the classic family vacay destination. <laughs> Absolutely. Get the old classic Russian prison drama. Um, and then go to Monte Carlo for an international <laughs> shindig. And I think you were up for an award there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was up for an award, which is so ridiculous. But yeah, I was up for an award uh, and I lost to Kiefer Sutherland for 24. <laughs> I mean, Adam, Kiefer. that's like amazing company. Fucking Kiefer. Um, uh, okay, so you go to Monte Carlo and then you end up with an agent. Like how roundabout. That is so crazy and amazing. So crazy. Um, but also, oh, it's. I think it's just so good to hear that because we don't have to, you don't just have to send out your headshot and resume or email your headshot and resume. You have to get the code totally. or blah, blah, blah. That's awesome. Awesome. So what was- Well, audition- especially because the, the the going the traditional route at the time when I did my, like the the showcases, the purpose of those is to get representation. There was nothing, zero, crickets. Mm-hmm. So to me, the lesson is like the the standard route is like almost never the way. I mean, it is, but it's also not really. What was auditioning like? And also, I feel like you have a really awesome niche 
that is like totally goofy comp comedy and also intense um eastern european yes absolutely were you were you is that something that just sort of happened naturally over time or were you like look i know my brand i'm gonna be gangsters and i'm gonna be goofy dudes how did it all sort of happen yeah i think it just the gangster thing was just a function of like a numbers game there's just less people who can do russian accents and speak russian and so it was easier to get jobs uh which and i love those jobs uh i'm doing one now on a video game like that's amazing enemy over there quick like all (laughs) you know like (laughs) i love that like uh, zero two delta what's your location how's it going all that all that stuff so (laughs) it continues uh and but yeah the goofy comedy stuff is is my is my preference but there's more people that could do that Mm -hmm. you know that's so i study business so i'm like you know the the math is important the math has to math the math has to math and if it does math it's not going to math oh wow i'm gonna put that on a mug yeah just so i'm inspired every morning thank you um uh so in the beginning were you just like hey i'm like a regular well-trained actor let's just see what hits or did they have sort of a vision for you uh I guess they had a I think I think their vision was great you can do foreign things we need a guy who can do foreign things you're the foreign guy Mm. I think I didn't do uh I think I actually the first gig that I got was kind of a goofy thing but like after that it was almost exclusively accented you know Middle Eastern Eastern European uh whatever some version of somewhere in europe speaking some kind of english with an accent and a little threatening underneath it and a little yeah and a little threatening um and i thought it was funny also because my parents were from ukraine uh they every time i would get cast to be russian they'd be like you don't look rush doesn't even make any sense i'm like i i don't know they don't know that nobody you know like to them, it was just absurd that I would play Russian. Just absurd. Oh. Yeah. Have you ever played Ukraine and a Ukrainian character? Uh, no, but but that it's you know it's like the Ukraine Russia thing. Now that this terrible war is happening, like all my life, I grew up being like, yeah, my family's from Russia. They're not. They're from Ukraine. But it was like we don't you know, my family doesn't speak Ukrainian, they speak Russian, but they're, mm. so it, it's, it's very, I, I don't even know what the comparison would be that would be like, uh, you know, like, I don't even know if there is a comparison because it's so, yeah. the, the, the countries are so integrated. Mm. And when the, when it was like the Soviet empire, you know, everybody had to learn Russian. So like Russian was thrust upon the populace, but then the populace, a lot of them are ethnically Russian. So I, mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And, when did yeah? So it's go ahead. Sorry. This is more like world geography than we've ever. That's right. That's to. what we're going to talk about here: <laughs> geopolitics, baby. <laughs> um, when did your family uh, immigrate from Russia or you the Ukraine? They they left in 1973. Oh, interesting. Um, I'm yeah. Ukrainian as well. Adam. Oh, 
Uh, when did your family leave? The early 1900s. Ooh, good time to get out. Really good time to get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it worked out. It worked out. It worked you know, out. Yeah. Just fine. Just fine. Um, but they were, they definitely spoke Ukrainian and um, identified as Ukrainian. Um, yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that's very interesting. It's, uh, but I guess they left before uh, it was part of the Soviet Union. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, anywho. Um, so was there ever a time uh, where you were worried, like, I'm I'm just going to play gangsters my whole career? Were you ever worried about being pigeonholed? Not really. I, I think I was just like, yes, I got a job. Like I wasn't, you know, I, I, I kind of, kind of, uh, uh, prescribed to the notion that like typecast still has the word cast in it and, uh, that's okay. And then you can, you know, you build relationships, you get more experience in front of the camera. And I think eventually you kind of start to like fit in where you fit in uh, mm-hmm. um you know i think like ideally like the a perfect role would be like the gangster who's kind of goofy like uh like a you know in the style of like noho hank on barry right that's yes. like uh that sort of thing yeah um who i i i think he's awesome in the beginning i did not i was like this is bullshit this he's not even russian he can't he's not <laughs> chechen he doesn't look chechen i look chechen you know and then i then i'm like oh he's actually really funny he's great <laughs> <laughs> um i i feel that way too um about <laughs> uh about being typecast like it, that's just a way to build your resume build your relationships build your confidence um yes. And also, I think one of the best things you can do when you start working like that is then create your own projects. If you're like, I really don't want to be seen um, as this, I want to showcase this, you can sort of build that own, your own opportunity for yourself. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the the world doesn't necessarily know what you are best at, so show them Colleen because you are amazing thank you I am also going to put that on a coffee cup <laughs> there's gonna be a how lot many, of merch coming out of this conversation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but you created your own projects right Americanist Americanist yeah if I yeah. remember correctly yeah yeah we did one the first one we did was called Comrades oh. uh which you know again using the using the that was kind of the using the Russian thing, but playing like the son of a gangster who moves to America, kind of a, I don't know if you ever watched, um, uh, fuck, I forgot. Oh, Perfect Strangers. Oh, yes, Balki Bartakamus. Balki Bartakamus. So we were <laughs> like, that show needs to be remade. But now the guy from like the bumbling Eastern European nowheresville is not the poor guy he's the rich guy and the american is the poor guy so that should be flipped you know like so we kind of wrote something like that and shot it and then realized me and my writing partner and uh, a friend of mine who's a producer uh we shot a pilot but then didn't really know what to do with it <laughs> so it was like <laughs> great we have this thing and we have a trailer and we have a thing and but 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 uh, so we, we we sort of like went got to make it yourself and so we made it ourselves and then it didn't 
really. And so we did it again with Americanistan, which uh, our producer friend who's from, he's born and raised in Iran and moved to Canada when he was like, uh, like nine or 10. And we wrote this show that takes place in a fictional Middle Eastern dictatorship, kind of like the dictator meets newsroom. You know, it's like a newsroom. And, and, and we were like, when we wrote it, we're like, he's like, we got to shoot this. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? It takes place in the Middle East. He's like, fine, we'll shoot it in Toronto. The director, he's Lebanese. His dad works and lives in <laughs> Kuwait. He'll go to Kuwait. He'll shoot B-roll in Kuwait. We'll have, I was like, all right. All right. So we shot that as well. Wow. And then ran ran into the same issue, which was okay. He, where do we go with it? Uh, mm. So, you know, it provided purpose, and it was an amazing experience. And I, I wouldn't change it, but I don't know that it. I'm not sure what it achieved. Other than we we submitted it for festivals, and uh, I remember this one festival we tried to get into called. Uh, series fest in in denver and we didn't get in and then the next year we submitted a pitch they had like a they had a pilot festival and they had like a pitch festival uh so we got into the pitch the next season to pitch a different show and when i got there they were like oh you guys did americanistan yeah oh we loved it we had such a big fight the year before because the programmers they loved it and they thought it was so funny but the the heads of the festival thought it was too controversial and they didn't want it because they, they were worried about it, you know? I was like, all right, that's, you know. Wow. But we're still trying. We're still trying. We're still trying with them. They're not dead, but, you know. Mm -hmm. I like, I the comedy I like to do is comedy that is like a little touchy, a little, I like cultural stuff and people are like, eh, everyone gets very offended, you know? Cultures are different. That's okay. We can all make fun of each other. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And I think that stuff is funny. Maybe because I, you know, I have my family is of a different culture and I, and I've been fortunate enough to travel around the world and cultures are different and fish out of water stuff is, is funny, but people are scared. So. Wow. No one wants to be offensive. Everyone's so fucking worried about being offensive. Not me, Colleen. <laughs> you're like burn this shit down uh you do well, it with heart if you do it with heart you know yeah, everyone know you know where the line is ish maybe i don't know maybe not yeah absolutely sasha baron Co sasha baron cohen is you yes. mentioned the dictator he's a great example of that um absolutely he's on the he's on the mount rushmore for me Obsessed. oh really yeah i think borat is the funniest movie ever made did you see borat too yes i think it's amazing I think it's amazing. I think yeah. it's so amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, I love it. I saw The Dictator in theaters. Yeah. Me too. The Big one, fan. people don't really like Bruno. I think Bruno's hilarious. I think he's done no wrong. No wrong. Yeah. I think he's resurrecting um, Ali G. I'm not sure in what way, but um, yeah, I, I think heard he's that. so Apparently fantastic. live. He's doing live. Apparently it's going to be in a live the theatrical format. Interesting. Oh. I actually love when he... I. I love him, like, obviously love him with all my heart, but I love him much more when he does the things that he creates as opposed to acts in projects that were created by other people. Oh, yeah. Like, I think um, it unleashes his genius more when he's, like, there from the beginning, you know? Yes, I agree. But I think oh, the only thing I've seen him in that he's not written was the Aaron Sorkin 
movie from a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah. Okay, so tell us how uh, Legends of Tomorrow came about. Uh, so Legend of Tomorrow came about, again, not in a way that is typical. Uh, I went to a, I went to Columbia for grad school and I went to a Columbia University alumni party, Christmas party, and I befriended, uh, this woman who's a writer named Grania Godfrey. Now she's a great friend and we befriended each other and started hanging out. And then like two or three years later, out of the blue, she contacted me. She's like, Adam, I'm working on legends. We created this character. I think you'd be good for it. I contacted our Canadian casting director for you to put yourself on tape. That was like the, I was like, amazing. She's like, it's three episodes. I have no idea what it's going to be. I don't really, we don't really know what this character is, but I think you're right for it. Mm. So I auditioned. I worked really hard. It was, it, this audition scene was actually amazing. I wish I, I wish I had my, I don't know where my audition is, but I did it with a friend of mine in Toronto. I was in Toronto at the time. This great guy named PJ Lazic, who has a who operates like self tape studio, and he's amazing. And he does really interesting like things with the camera. Like he like Ooh. moves the camera during, like kind of mimicking like what would happen on a show where the camera's kind of you know. Uh, so I worked really hard. The audition was the scene was really funny, and didn't hear anything for you know I don't know a week or two. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess I didn't get it. And then I got it. Uh, and then I was so excited to do the scene and the scene was, it was dummy size. It wasn't like, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, that was, it would have been so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like it, it, it worked out the character, um, you know, resonated with the, with the writers and, and luckily, uh, you know, I, they kept bringing me back. That's awesome. So, what do you think Very it was that resonated with the writers? Uh, I think I think the show was so it started as like a in season one the show was very kind of uh, it was a spinoff of Arrow so it was like very like dark dark like in the Batman you know dark and then dark serious and it was kind of not really working and it almost got canceled and then. And then season two started to get a little lighter. And then when I auditioned, it was the beginning of season three. And, and like, you know, the character was comedic. And I really, like, was just doing kind of a lot of the stuff, you know, we learn at SKS. A lot of the, like, the turns, the, you know, like, a lot of that stuff. And, and I think, like, they kind of realized this is maybe, uh, it was a couple things. It was that we want to, we want to take the show more in a comedic way. and and. And this guy is doing some fun comedic shit. And then also, uh, I came in at the same time as another character who played my boss, mm -hmm. like in the government agency. And she was my boss. And she was like kind of slated to be uh, the love interest of like the lead of the show. So I was kind of like also like holding onto her coattails as she went, I went, you know, and she's amazing. It's just super talented. And like, and, and so the both of us kind of, uh were able to stay on probably because the show was already trending in a comedic you know by by the end of the show it was like a bonkers bizarre comedy it was not a serious show so completely 
you know, I feel like the opposite is happening in a lot of shows now where they, mm-hmm. like we talked about Barry, Barry was funny and then became a drama. Like a lot of shows are just becoming dramatic. I'm like, wait, I thought this was a comedy. Like I, so it was nice to see the opposite happen, you know, like, yeah. Um, Do you credit yourself for turning that show around? Yeah, it was all me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was my idea. It was my work. Uh, It was exclusively me. Um, So. (laughs) Well, well done. Thank you. (laughs) No, it was lucky. I think, and then I kind of had no, like, you know, I was also lucky because they would, the writers would bring like kind of bizarre, absurd things to me at times. And I would be like, yeah, I'll do it. Oh yeah, I was. You know, are you okay being like topless and having like a unicorn bite off your nipple? Awesome. Are you cool like coming out of a toilet being covered in sewage? Like some some actors, I'm not saying on the show, but in general are like very nervous about how they're perceived, about how they look, about, and I was just like, if it's funny, I don't give a shit. Like, let's do it. Let's do anything. Mm. So like, yeah, when I was topless, do I wish I was like, like a little more fit more cut yeah that would have been nice but whatever fuck it so that's just you know what when it's comedy you can kind of there's more uh leeway I guess and if it's not perfect that's actually better I I don't know but I Mm. I I I embraced the like uh being the character that gets shit on um because I don't know I never I, I was always happy to do weird fun absurd things so that's awesome and always a team player and always like you know like I never I I take pride Colleen and my like not being a pain in the ass to work with Mm -hmm. so because like what is this job like we're so lucky it's ridiculous it's such a such a great job to have when you have it to be difficult is just like are you out of your mind like it's ridiculous so you know that's, that's my philosophy. Just be a good person. Don't be an asshole. People, come on, people. <laughs> uh, I feel like that could also go on a coffee mug. Come on, people. Don't be an Let's asshole. Let's go. Let's go. Um, that's such a great philosophy to have. And it is surprising sometimes, especially being a guest star, you show up and you're like, Woo! best day ever. And sometimes series regulars are just like, yeah, we're doing the same shit we did five episodes ago. And they're totally. Getting- yeah and that becomes that becomes a uh uh that starts to become like um the word just escaped me contagious so like uh you know they okay yeah i guess it is yeah fucking yeah we have worked long hours and you're like wait a second you know like i remember on our show there was (laughs) there was early on the the some of the actors were complaining about something and there was like a guest star who was there that day who said to one of the actors, like, well, I got to go back to my job being a librarian tomorrow at the public library. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> and one of the actors would just like gave him the dirtiest look, but I was like, he's right. What the fuck? You're making so much money. What are you, what are you complaining about? Like, come on. And fine. It's not all about money. Like if some, there are, look, there are some people who are stuck in a situation where yes, they are making money, but they're doing something that they hate mm-hmm. playing a character that they hate with people that they hate now in our instance thankfully on legends the cast was fantastic the people the crew were amazing like i you know 
Now, that being said, Colleen, I look at the world through rose-colored glasses. So sometimes when someone's like, oh, that person's an asshole, I'm like, really? I didn't, I, I sometimes don't see it. So, you know, maybe I was living in a, a la-la land, but I don't know. Well, as long as you're happy in la-la land, right? Yeah. Yeah. As long as the rose-colored glasses, I think, I don't know keep you grateful and showing up and um contrib contributing and collaborating that's a great thing yeah. totally yeah. yeah that's yeah it's it's interesting being look it's the only series regular i've ever had and uh it's interesting even seeing like the how how when you're series regular um how like the work ethic changes too mm not for the better for the worse like everyone kind of becomes lazier because you you know you're you're not like it's not like you've eliminated the fear right so like so much of when you are a guest star it's like i can't, I can't fuck up i have to be like perfect i have to be word perfect i have to be perfect i don't want to i don't want to cause a problem there's so many people here i have to be, you know but then you're like hey what's up john what's up bill what, you know like you know the camera guys the boom guys you're you're hugging them you're whatever you're like it's you you feel like you're everyone's your friend so the so the nerves have been eliminated and you're uh free to kind of be relaxed and as a result there's less pressure so maybe when i'm saying lazy you know maybe the the pressure cooker being turned down like allows you to kind of and you become better too at like picking up things quickly because you're very uh uh you're like fit mm -hmm. yeah. from an acting perspective. Yes, you're getting all those reps in daily. Yes, Yeah. Totally. for hours, for hours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how did you go from this th three episode guest? How did you become series regular, get that status? So it took a while. It was, so it was the three eps and I was working uh, as a local hire in Vancouver, which I'm not from Vancouver. I'm not a local hire. Uh, so I was flying myself up, putting myself up. Oh, wow. Happy to do it. Uh, they would bring me back. I think that first season uh, I was in, um, I'm going to say, I don't remember, like maybe seven episodes out of 18. So it was like, I was there for three and then I didn't come back for two or three months. And then they brought me back for one and I, you know, flew in for a few days and then so then the next season, so that was season three, season four, it was kind of the same thing. They, well, I think, I think then they were like, you're recurring and you're going to be in five episodes guaranteed or something. I think I was in nine episodes, but it was the same thing. I was like flying up, flying back. Or maybe I already, no, I had already, they had guaranteed, I had already, I got myself an apartment there because it was it would have I was like if I'm in I think it was if I'm in enough episodes it's worth it to not pay for a hotel Vancouver's very expensive especially mm -hmm. in the summer uh to stay in a hotel or an Airbnb and then season the third season it was the same thing it was recurring uh and then actually that was interesting so after season two it was like I started to think okay should I how pushy should I be now and I had uh one of my friends on the show had connected me with her lawyer, who's an amazing baller of a guy named Lev Ginsburg. Fantastic guy. Love this guy. 
And he told me something actually when I met with him early before I was like, he said, look, Adam, listen to this. No actors know this. Everyone should. <laughs> like Agents get you jobs. Lawyers do the deals. Never, ever let your agent negotiate a deal for you. I was like, what? Why? He's like, They're the, they do not have an incentive to ruin or tar their relationship with casting. They have a lot of clients. They want to be in good with a casting director. He's like, I don't deal with casting. I don't talk to them. I talk to business affairs. All we do is negotiate. Wow. So I was like, okay. But I was like, still, nah, I don't, you know. And so after season two of Legends, I, he was kind of like, Adam, are you ready? Are you ready to say you're walking unless they make you a series regular? I was like, no, no, I'm not ready to say that. I'm too nervous. And so I, I didn't. And I was recurring again for the third year. And then kind of when I was ready, they had, they were ready to offer, and I, I, you know, a series regular. So it was the fourth year. So the last oh, wow. two, I was on for five years and the last two, I was a series regular. That's incredible. And it's interesting. It's like, when do you, and how hard do you fight? And we're always, even now I'm like always nervous. And then anytime I talk to like, executive producer level who are like writer's room showrunner they're always like oh really oh yeah we don't even they don't even pay attention we're so nervous about like making them mm. mad about like being and they're like oh we just colleen yeah we like colleen get it done you know and they're like we we have like eight episodes to write here we don't have time to worry about colleen we like she's the one we like get her and then you know like it's unlikely to even get back to them they're they're just they're, you know wow so but then who wants to be the person who did push too hard and then lost the job? It's like, I, you know, when I was wondering whether to push, I'm like, I'm, this is already a, like a glorious job. What am I like, even if I'm not a series regular, like I'm in, I'm basically a series regular without the designation and yeah, I'm not getting paid as much money, but like, it's, it's, it's an amazing job. So even if there's a 10% chance of losing it, it's not worth it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But those that are aggressive, those that are like, they don't, they need to know my value. Those people do really well. So I, I don't know. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. If asked that question, are you ready to walk? I, I think I have, um, that like triggers this like security yes. <laughs> need, this need to know that I'm safe and secure and can totally. support myself. That's a really intense question. Yeah, it's a and it's a baller answer when someone is like, yeah, fuck them. They don't re they don't recognize me. I don't care. And that almost always works, too. But it's just like it may not work and they could never tell you for sure that it will work. It probably will work. Wow. But they may let you go. Oof. So when I hear that answer, I'm just like, eh. you know, that when I became a series regular, I kind of. I had heard what was happening in the show and then I became more confident because I was like, oh, they're, they're taking the show in a place where like, I'm like, I've, I'm now an important, before I was like kind of the comedic guy who would come in and, and then like go away. Right. So it doesn't really yeah. matter. But then the, the, the narrative went to a place where, oh, this is actually like, now it's, they have to have me. So uh -huh. uh, yeah. I could afford to be more aggressive even though i was still maybe not also that the other funny thing he told me is like 
they find out that you're Canadian and it shoots in Canada, ooh, they get excited to give you a bad deal. Canadian actors are willing to accept anything. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. The business side is 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 fascinating. At like when it gets to the levels where lawyers are involved and like it, it's wild. It is it's crazy. Yeah. And and still like I'm still like I always I'm still nervous like when I get a job like I don't want to be too difficult cuz mm -hmm. I don't want to lose it. <laughs> yeah. Because we like working. We like this thing that we do. We like this thing that we chose. Hell yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um so do you now only operate with uh lawyers closing your deals? No. And I should, but not always. No. <laughs> uh yeah, sometimes it's like if it's <sighs> Yeah, see I'm still like struggling with that myself. Mm -hmm. So, yes I should. No, I don't. <laughs> is the answer Ooh, yeah 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 maybe maybe to my to my peril not to my peril but to my financial peril let's say <laughs> because because the lawyers they're just they're just always going to get you more money always wow wow, wow. um okay yeah, i just have a <laughs> i have a million more questions questions please ask um, I don't know if I have any answers but um if you if you don't have an answer come up with a catchy slogan that I can put on a coffee mug I love that that's a great, great idea so the show is beloved your character's beloved the last time I saw you we were on the picket line and someone came up to you and he was like are, are you Gary Green from Legends of Tomorrow yeah that um, was cool it was awesome um but the show got canceled yeah the fans tried valiantly to resurrect it. Yeah, um, amazingly. Still trying. Still trying. Um, they're bringing back so many things. I still, I think it's a huge possibility. Um, we ended on such, we end, we we joked in the last episode, because you never know at the end of a season. And they were like, well, if we, basically the entire cast of the show all the superheroes get arrested and thrown in jail that's the like that's the end of the show it's like yeah that's like how seinfeld ended, we totally. ended like seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um how i know what it i'm i've been learning how to deal with myself when like i'm pinned for something and it doesn't go through or i book something and then the edit is um not favorable to me um i've learned how to sort of take care of myself um in those situations and i'm still learning but how do you take care of yourself when um when the stakes are a little bit larger a show gets canceled uh yeah it was very very sad for the first you know couple weeks or something uh then you kind of realize then you start to be like well I mean it was on for seven years it's pretty amazing mm -hmm. uh it was a great job I had a job for five years as an actor I mean that's crazy that's very fortunate so you know I moved to the grateful phase look mm -hmm. this is amazing this is lucky uh, and then it was like, then it became, okay, the true, like, sign of a successful career is like, can you get the second, you know, it's like, right. uh, which I still haven't gotten. So, so it's, it's, uh, that's a bit, 
uh, you know, challenging, but look, you, you, the beautiful thing is I've met a lot of amazing people. I'm still like very close with a lot of the creatives behind the show. Um, I don't know if I'll work with them. I, I have worked with them, you know, for example, like one of the guys, um, his name's Andrew Cash, super talented director and editor. He edited all seven seasons and he directed three episodes. And like a month after the show ended, he's like, Adam, the show's over. Like, let's let's make something stupid and fun together. Like, you want to come over to my house? We'll make a short together. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I went to his house. We made this like stoner short called The Gummy Bear. And he killed it's a five minute short and he killed it and it just got into just for laughs comedy festival in montreal we went to montreal we had all these we met with all these amazing people he you know now he's developing it into a feature like we'll see but it's just like you you know you build a new group of collaborators that to work with and and uh and you know just it's like it's a journey colleen Ooh, not ah. a destination oh i don't know if you've heard that one before but uh Brand new. that might be good for the mug it might be great yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you um my pleasure yeah it really is i mean it is it's cliche but it really is about the journey you you yeah. um you take the relationships you made you build something new with it um yeah that's yeah. pretty rad yeah, but getting into the gratitude zone, I think is a really good component of dealing with the disappointments. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Look, it's it's I was so lucky to get that job. I mean, you know, like had I not met my friend Grania, she never would have given me the opportunity. Had, you know, like and even even then, by the way, so like, you know, I send the audition, the audition is there. And and I asked, I remember I asked the showrunner, I was like, oh, do you see the audition? He's like, yeah, it's the only one I saw. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I saw your audition. I was like, yeah, he's the guy. And then like, I'm like, I told you, like they have a million things to think about. It's like, great. He's the guy done. Next thing. I have 400 things on my to-do list. Yeah. This three episode guy who, who the fuck knows who he is, what he is like, good. Grania likes him. He's good. That was a funny done, you know, like, <laughs> so he also needed to like her to be like, you should see this guy, you know? Wow. Yeah. I love that. So <laughs> do you ever turn things down now? Are you in the like turning things down phase of your career? No. <laughs> I, I I did it earlier this year for something for like an indie film. And I, it was really hard for me. I don't, I'm not in, I'm still not in that uh, phase. Uh, my managers are very much like pro that and I just I can't get behind that I don't know I just feel like even though I did it I'm not happy that I did it and mm. not that I think the thing I you know whatever but I just think like yeah, you just never know and like to say no like I, I don't know nothing's gonna like kill your career Nothing's mm -hmm. gonna like blow up your career unless you're like in Barbie or whatever. And and like it's just yeah, I, there's too many opportunities to like meet people and and you know create other things from things. Yeah. 
It's oh, relationships, yeah. Colleen. It's all relationships. So to say no to a new relationship is potentially catastrophic. Ooh, catastrophic. that's a good word. <laughs> I love the high stakes, though. I love the commitment yeah, the high stakes. You. Yes. <laughs> I really turned it up there. <laughs> um, uh, okay, that's really good to hear. Um, so I loved Night Agent. Um, oh, I loved it yeah. when I very first read the script. It was so good and so gripping and I was terrified, but I had to like keep reading it. It was so amazing. And um, to see you in it was just like freaking awesome. Um, when you like something so much and someone who's so talented gets to be in the same thing, it's magic. Um, how was the audition process for that? It's kind of your like... Um, political gangster uh yeah type, back type back guy. to classic techie classic yeah yeah, yeah totally yeah <laughs> uh, how did it come about and um yeah just tell me everything so just a, a regular audition that one uh in that audition it said like uh foreign national omar zadar so i was like what what does that mean like where's he from and then it said uh the audition was, I don't know if you remember in the show, the first scene I'm in is like an interview with a BBC reporter. Mm -hmm. And that, that was all, it was like an interview. Your, 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 your political party is like, uh, you know, supports you. You guys are a terrorist organization. No, we're not, you know, but I understand the people that, you know, create these things. They are, you know, so, but I, I didn't know where he's from and I knew I need to have some accent. And it said there was like an old Balkan bridge in the background. It said like in the, in the, uh, stage directions you know it's like okay balkan bridge so somewhere like you know like serbia macedonia albania i don't know something like kosovo you know but omar zadar sounds like a like a muslim name so so it's not it's not going to be one of the christian countries i was like really like geopolitically like breaking down like okay where so so then i was like all right i'll do like a like a you know eastern european meets middle eastern kind of melange so i <laughs> i do the audition they hire me I, I get to the set and and the first day I see it says interview with Turkish politician Omar Zadar. I'm like, Turkish? Shit. So then I like start listening to Turkish accents, which is completely different. And I was like, oh no, I can't. This is so hard. I can't. And this was like on set. We're about to, like, all right, Adam, are you ready to shoot? I was like, ah, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to do what I did in the audition and, and, and forget it. And uh, then I come back. So, so I do, this was like, they told me I in three episodes. I was in episode three, episode nine, and ten. And and so when I come back for episode nine, nowhere does it say Turkish politician. So then I went to the writers. I'm like, where, where's he from? Like, okay, yeah. So we wanted him to be from Turkey, but Netflix opened an office in Istanbul, and they just would like rather it be like. Yeah ethereal he's from sure. ethereal like like my hands like it's not clear where they are there <laughs> uh so it's better if you're not from anywhere specific you're from everywhere and nowhere and mm -hmm. uh and so that was interesting the other thing that was interesting was when i got it when i got the job it was like a small scene and they were like oh but casting my agent told me casting wants you to know that you're like a big part of the end of the season i was like oh cool that's that's exciting so i got the script for uh episode nine where i'm like a big you know i'm supposed to be a big part of it and i and i before i read the script i look at, i look at like just the character name i just like do the 
whatever Apple find and type oh, in yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zadar and it says like 38 times 38 times the name is mentioned I was like oh maybe so then I'm like looking through <laughs> where is Zadar when is Zadar coming we had an important meeting with Zadar and Zadar told us that he's not a terrorist Zadar is a terrorist <laughs> Zadar that huge meeting we just had with Zadar just before that you know, I was like Zadar is coming tonight Zadar is almost here. Where is Zadar? When is he coming? I was like, what? And then at the very end, like Zadar lands and walks out of his plane. And I had like one line. And I was like, what? <laughs> so it was, it was a unique, uh, again, still grateful, still happy to be a part of it. It was cool, but it was, it was weird to be a character that is spoken about and not really there. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we didn't know like anything, like how, the show would be how it would come together uh how good it would be like when i started watching it too i was like after the first episode i was like oh this is i'm like in. it's like they ended it so every episode had such a great cliff, cliffhanger it was really it was amazingly amazingly done by the by the creative team so mm-hmm. um even though i was barely in it <laughs> only by name uh <laughs> it was and I started, and Colleen, it's interesting, out of everything I've done, I got the most amount of people. Just to show you how dominant Netflix is. Oh, wow. The most amount of people from anything I've done were messaging me or whatever from the night agent. And in the beginning, I was doing this. Like, I know I'm not in it as much. I was like being apologetic. And I'm like, hey, well, why am I being apologetic? Like, yeah, thank you. I'm glad you enjoy, you know, like, but it was, it was like a... Uh, I needed to be like, I know I wasn't in it, as but who cares? Like, whatever. Yeah. And also people don't even notice. They're like, whatever, you're there. You're, it doesn't matter how much you're in it or not in it. Or you're now you're now you're being like an egomaniac. You know, you're worried about yourself. Like you're in the story. The story exists and the show is good. Whatever. I totally know that feeling though. Um, I totally know that feeling. But I think because you are talked about so much, because you are sort of like, um, such a force and your presence is sort of marbleized throughout every single episode um it feels bigger than like one line in that particular episode it's just like your presence is so huge yeah, yeah, yeah. your presence is a present <laughs> have you ever heard that one no but that it's... i'm gonna get that's my first mug now so uh tokaya organica not that i'm like the biggest fan of this place but you know tokaya like yes. It's like a Mexican yeah. chain that's like healthy 50% off with your SAG card. 50. No way. 50% off. Yeah. <laughs> so that's 5-0. Yeah. Check it out, Colleen. <laughs> Amazing. That's 5-0. That's half I love off. it. I love it. Bring your friends, buy them lunch. They'll pay you back. Mm. Or you just buy them lunch because you're because <laughs> you're baller. Because I'm a baller. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, Adam, I think <laughs> that my internet might be a little funky right now. Do I look like I'm freezing to you ever or going like pixelated? Oh, no. now it's good. Okay, awesome. Um, You're perfect. Oh, wow. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we were off there for a little bit, but now we're back. Okay, yeah, now we're perfect, back. Perfect. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Um, Adam, is there anything else you want to talk about that I haven't asked about? Not that I can think of. I mean, okay. I'm sure there is, but I just want to tell you that you're amazing, amazing actress, incredible <laughs> coach, everything, really. 
super talent, an uber talent, Colleen. You are an uber oh, talent. Thanks. Put it on. I, put it on a mug. Put it on a mug, and I think that's kind of a perfect way to end a podcast with just like adulation towards me. I, I appreciate yes. it so much. You deserve it. Thank you for being being you, Adam. I just had so much fun with this. Thank you. Thank you, Colleen. Me too. <laughs>